Okay. Sean's got a burrito in his stomach. I got nothing in my stomach. Edwin? I ate a little bit when I got home. Okay. okay. Frozen dumplings. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't frozen at the time that I ate them. So don't worry. We're like the three little pigs. <laughs> burrito, frozen, and nothing. Yeah. One of us is just right. Which, which one is that? <laughs> well, I was like, Sean's really full. I haven't had anything. And Edwin is just right. <laughs> you mean that movie? With Common and Queen Latifah. <laughs> Just right. Oh, wow. Nice ball. <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed. Call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs. Or Dunder Mifflin, the people versus paper people. Dunder Mifflin, the people versus paper people. Dunder Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and I'm making a list of everyone who's wronged me, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin James and my butt refuses to quit. (laughs) And with us as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Have you met Mr. Titty Twister? Here he is! <laughs> yeah! God! What is wrong with you? I'm holding food. <laughs> Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. This week we'll be talking about the recently released super fan cut of Weight Loss from Season 5. And then we'll finish up the episode with some trivia sent in this week by James from Sunny London, oh. a.k.a. The All Goat right. of Dover. Indeed. Uh, we're going to also sneak in a little email, a little, little show discussion uh, as well, somewhere in there. But I wanted to say, too, that we got this prompt for this episode. Obviously, the uh, uh, season five, all this, all the super fan cuts, season five were released quietly, or at least I, I didn't get any kind of alert. I didn't I didn't get any sort of notification mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. than uh, our, our fans who came through mm-hmm. and said, hey, do this. Uh, we got one email from uh, Neely who said, please, for the love of God, do one of the season five <laughs> super fan episodes, especially weight loss or baby shower, please. I'm begging, as are all your fans. Uh, uh, well, Neely then, pronounced Neely. Well, then, <laughs> Neely, we got to uh, we got to do it. We're doing it for you. We're this doing is... it. We're starting right at the top of the season, too. I like it. That's right. This is Weight Loss Season 5, Episodes 1 and 2, two-parter. Mm. Uh, it was written by Lee Eisenberg and Gene Stepnitsky, directed by Paul Feig, and it aired on September 25th, 2008. Uh, That's an all-star crew of, of yeah, writers no kidding. and directors right there. Oh, yeah. That's oh, my the gosh. top brass. That's right. Edwin, what do you got to say about this episode? <laughs> As Alex mentioned, we wanted to start talking about the season five super fan episodes and where better to start than the very first episode in the season as uh as alex mentioned at the same time this is a really exciting one for us to dig into uh, because it's a two-part episode and with the extended cuts it's on- we get almost an extra 20 minutes of total footage i think between the two episodes we have like 32 and 32 hour. minutes for each for each episode and i believe each the normal runtime and the regular sort of episode run was about 22 minutes so it's an almost an entire full episode of new content um and with season five, episode one, we get the beginning of 
this new season right after Goodbye Toby. We have Michael and Holly as this sort of uh, this thing that is coming together for the very first time. Um, Pam going to art school, P- Jim and Pam's proposal. Um, so many great things happen in this episode. Uh, and with the super fan cut, we get so much extra footage, extra time for these scenes to breathe, uh, extra character development, extra talking heads. So um, we can start uh, maybe with the, the opening, which is the last meal. That's right. Uh, we heard it in the cold open. Uh, Hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, we heard it in the cold open. One of the deleted scenes uh, from the uh, the last meal uh, is uh, <laughs> uh, Michael talking to Holly, who is like, uh, you know, I, what does Michael say? He's like, oh, this is Dwight, my sidekick or something like that. And Holly's Holly like, says- oh, have you met my sidekick? Mm-hmm. And she kicks him, and then he's like, "Have you met Mister Titty Twister?" Yeah, that was, that was... <laughs> really takes it too far right away. There's a there's a brief moment where we see Holly's eyes as he says that, and she's terrified. Yes, <laughs> and luckily, Dwight kind of uh, absentmindedly saves the situation by doing no kidding it to, to Michael. I mean, no it's just an example right off the bat of how much extra stuff there is that it's not even necessarily deleted scenes that we've seen before or even bloopers we've seen before all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff i mean you know when we when we do single episodes i i keep a transcript of the episode you know up on screen next to me as we go through it and you look at this one and so it's 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 kind of fun to see what the first cut is on the transcript and then what the super mm-hmm. fan and like in this one they're two two one scene in and they're going for the way in and then in this one it is like a long time before they do that way and there's so much that goes on um like mm. you said including everyone eating their food you get a little more shot of like what people are like attracted to in the food like kind of what people are going for uh michael with just a massive massive plate of macaroni <laughs> and cheese yeah fork or sticking or- straight out <laughs> i don't even know what's under that cheese really honestly it's just who knows a major theme of this episode both in the regular cut and this extended cut is michael and holly clearly they have a lot of chemistry but jim instructing michael to kind of hold back to become friends first and while we see that play out in the normal episode this as you mentioned this first little scene illustrates that that tension and that chemistry that they have uh and we see even more of it as a as the episode progresses but mm-hmm. just just the extra little bits and scenes even if they're not full-on jokes or the they aren't the punchlines to scenes um, just to see more of michael and holly interacting really really enriches the episode and and speaking of how do you feel about how do you guys feel about jim's advice here in coaching michael to uh to really take it slow uh and just go full friend zone with it i mean it's good advice for jim you know, it's what Jim would do. You could argue, Jim, if he hadn't taken that advice, maybe he and Pam would have been engaged like two to three years sooner. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but, could be, you know, could be. it's the idea. This is a very Hollywood idea of if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. So just let it happen. And we'll get to this later. But I mean, this almost, Michael almost feels like he loses it. And there's a lot more scenes of him admonishing Jim for like giving him bad advice later on of like, Which hey, was- <laughs> like, she's going on a date with this guy. I would have asked her out, but you told me to wait. And you know, if it had gone well with a yoga instructor, uh, Michael Scott's life is very different, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So it's good advice though, by Jim, because we've seen what we've seen, what like a a switch flip to date Mike looks like 
we we know what that is. That's right. We, we need to protect Holly from that. Uh, so it's a good <laughs> good call by Jim. There, it, it is good advice because we what what Michael says, uh, and is. It, is the opposite. It is the the extreme opposite, um, <laughs> especially in this extended cut where he talks about in this in this uh, scene wanting to feed Holly grapes. I would like to take those grapes um, and I would like to feed them to Holly. I I do think that the the not to jump to the end, but the build up to the scene with the Counting Crows tickets is that much better because of this extra build up and this extra tension, the extra content that we get. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. and that is, oh God, what a. We'll, we'll get to that later, but what an incredible scene with the Counting Crows tickets. I think <laughs> one of the characters that shines in this this opening scene with the last meal and then throughout the episode is Dwight. Dwight gets a ton of extra Absolutely. footage to this. And Dwight shines in this role as Michael's, I guess we could just call it sidekick, but Michael's um, right-hand man is number two. Um, Michael's to use, fixer. To use Andy's parlance from later in the show, the deuce I never want to drop. Yeah. Um, Dwight really shines in this episode as uh, as Michael's right hand man, not just in uh, spraying down all of this food, bringing in the chili dogs, um, but just he is just unleashed in this episode. He he's simultaneously totally. a supporter and an enforcer at all times. Like if corporate guidelines come in, I mean D Dwight's going to follow them to a T. Well, at least as 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 much as he sees fit. Uh, yeah, I mean, even spraying down the food, it's, it's hard to watch uh, when he does it because <laughs> of how much there is right after Creed's like, oh, I'll bring these to my shelter. Here comes Dwight with the bug spray uh, or yeah. some some kind of insecticide, I'm sure. And that's a small crowded room. That is not healthy <laughs> what goes on in there. Um, but I don't know, the idea of the whole pig out before you start, uh, I guess they want to like weigh as much as they can for right. the first weigh in. So that right. makes sense. But uh Right, getting rid of right. leftovers. I mean, come on, give them away. Give them away to it. That's right. They could have gone to Creed's shelter. Um, <clears throat> this is an early version of Dwight where I'm, I'm thinking specifically of when he instructs everyone to get liposuction randomly. Uh, well, that's the way later. He, <laughs> I know. The yeah. way that he leaves oh, yeah. Phyllis out uh, <laughs> five miles away from the office in a bad part of town. Um, and then as we see... Michael instructs him in one of these sort of deleted added cuts. Uh, he instructs him to take away Jim's chair. And that's kind of yes. a recurring joke to take away all uh, all seating devices. And I think this version of Dwight is one that we see more and more over the course of the show. So I'm wondering if this isn't one of the first versions of Dwight that really, really wreaks havoc on the office. The way that we see later on in Stress Relief or in the Doomsday episode, um, mm -hmm. where his sort of initiatives, or um, later when he takes over the building, his building owner, where his initiatives can really, really start to uh, really interfere and wreak havoc on, on the office staff. I mean, the, this is a different instance than um, in healthcare, when Jim just kind of locks him in the office, nobody takes him seriously. Um, as the show goes on, Dwight shows that he is someone to be more and taken more and more seriously when these kinds of things come. And this episode just shows quite a bit of that. I mean, he's like an agent of pure evil in this episode, <laughs> I feel like, because we didn't even mention that he's still sleeping with Angela while mm -hmm. uh, while uh, she's engaged to Andy, uh, which is also a very big part of this episode. I mean, he, he really is a, a kind of a, a, a villain in this episode through and through he's doing whatever he wants and i mean to to that point an all all time all time nonverbal comedic moment in the show for me 
which is when the ca- he looks at the camera crew coming out of the the warehouse room with Angela the first time and the, the little head nod he gives. <laughs> I'm, he's got a shirt slightly untucked. <laughs> it's those I mean, like I know you saw that. <laughs> I mean, it is such an out like I, I it's one of these moments where it's like we are so used to the office we've seen it so many times. This is such an outrageous storyline. <laughs> and oh, th- th- crazy. Th- she's just paging him across the room. They get up together, go down to the warehouse, have sex, and then, and like are regularly caught by the camera crew. Well, and, and then Angela comes back up and continues to plan a wedding with Andy. Like, yeah, it's, it's it is so and, insane. Like, and this is like this, like this episode is also like uh, when, when I mean, obviously, Pam leaves this episode, but this sort of like. I feel like my, for for Michael, uh, oftentimes Dwight and Jim are kind of the angel and devil on his shoulder sometimes, mm-hmm. and they kind of mix those roles sometimes. But usually Jim is like, "Hey, let me give you the good advice," and Dwight's like, "Give me the power, Michael." <laughs> like he, he yeah. kind of wants to. It's not so much that Dwight's the, the devil, strong man. It's that he wants to kill the angel that is Jim on Michael's yeah. shoulder. <laughs> so there's no more room because Dwight would rather be both, and I think Dwight thinks he's both in this episode yes. for Michael. Um, and for the whole office, like I say, where he's he's very strict about his rules, he'll do whatever it takes to achieve the goals of the company, which is to have people lose weight. Like you said, that includes dropping off Phyllis in a bad part of town, taking her phone, her purse, her money back to the office with them. Another great deleted scene is uh, they call Phyllis and uh, the phone rings in Phyllis's purse, which is now on Dwight's desk. While oh, Phyllis yeah. Is gone. <laughs> very foreboding. Um Nice little touch in there. Um, and then, of course, also in this kind of the third apple of Michael's eye, which is Ryan, also returns to the office. <laughs> um, so now all all three of these guys that Michael needs at various points in his life between Ryan, Jim and Dwight, um, the chemistry is just is just crackling in this episode uh, amongst <laughs> all of them. And we see a lot more of Ryan in this cut. We get to see Ryan's mom in this cut. We'll get to that, I'm sure. Um uh, all sorts of good stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Where do you guys want to go next from here? Gosh, I don't know, because we didn't even mention like Jim and Pam. I mean, this is such a dense, a dense episode. As dense as Michael's macaroni and cheese mm-hmm. we see in that scene. Uh, when we do get uh, the weigh in, oh, uh, the first weigh in. Yes. Um, first of all, just I remembered how much I love Daryl with a mustache. I think it's a good look. <laughs> Uh, for Daryl, uh, I don't know about the goatees, but we'll get to that Does later. Stanley have a mustache? <laughs> don't Everyone start make that. that decision right don't now. Don't start yeah. that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Um, uh, You're sure about that? We get Michael and uh, uh, Holly standing next to each other. Of course, we get uh, Michael tells Pam to get off the scale because she is going to New York, uh, yes. going to art school. Uh, which is where she is for the remainder of this episode um, until she meets Jim at the gas station, of course. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's also another thing that we got going on in this episode. <laughs> we have Daryl Daryl and Kelly and, that's right. uh, coming together. And then we have Ryan making his return. Um, yeah. So we have Daryl and Kelly and Ryan, that sort of uh, love triangle emerging. We also have Kelly passing out during the weigh-in. Mm-hmm. Um, and... In the uh, in the deleted scene, we get David Wallace asking about why salesmen are being left on the side of the road, yeah. and why a customer service person is passing out in the warehouse. Yeah, 
Um, a little extra <laughs> insight into uh, what David Wallace must have to deal with with, uh, with Michael. Um, I I just want to say that that was my favorite deleted scene. I that one actually had me cracking up. Where David <laughs> Wallace calls Michael and is like, "What is going on at your branch?" And Michael's like, "Oh, not much. Everything's good." <laughs> like, <laughs> well, then he and, tells uh, him everything, and then Michael's yeah. like, "I'm trying." launching an investigation to figure out who told you <laughs> he's like phil has connected me to you then, that makes my job a lot easier <laughs> and then just david ends the phone call this is what made me laugh so hard david has the phone call and goes let's make this the last time we have to talk about this and michael goes totally up to you <laughs> Then and just David, like, David just hangs out. It, oh my gone. god! Like that was a moment. That was like one of those moments. That that's like the beauty of these supercuts are like it's fresh and new sometimes, and it's mm-hmm. it is so effing funny. But and yeah. we get we get down uh, when we discover we when we discuss this episodes, and we end up often going down these like well in this deleted scene we had this and in the deleted scene we had this. And we'll continue to do that, I'm sure. But one thing that these deleted scenes flesh out is David Wallace's sort of oversight of this entire situation. Because everyone in all the branches do poorly. They have to do make an announcement about preserving the health of their employees. We see Ryan come back, and, we, and there, maybe there's a question about why Ryan is allowed to come back at all. Mm-hmm. And we get resolution to some of that. We get David Wallace, like you said, the calling Michael about, um, about Kelly and about Phyllis. And we also get the scene of David Wallace talking to Ryan and then talking to Michael. He um, makes Ryan cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. That's the scene was, that was such a well done acting job on BJ Novak's not the crying. Cause you could tell they put stuff in his eyes, but mm-hmm. when he's just taking the call and you only hear, you don't hear David on that side of the conversation. And, <laughs> and, and, and like Ryan tries to start talking like 10 times when he's like, I just, I know, but I understand. I just, I know. And then slowly he's just crying. He's just completely crushed. And we see Jim in the background. He's just hanging in the doorway before he leaves just to watch Ryan, like take his punishment. Uh, it's, it was just a great little touch. You don't have to yell. Yeah. That was my yeah. favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah. And then we get Michael uh, putting, putting himself on the line for Ryan. Yeah. And then David says, he can't sell. He can't talk to clients. And then if he so much as sniffs white out, it's on you. And then Michael says, whoa, why am I on the hook? <laughs> He's got a criminal record. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he oh says. My. Yeah, that's so good. And then he goes out and tells Ryan about this. And Ryan says, oh, great. I get to keep my temp job. And it's just, it's so funny, like, how Ryan is so similar to Michael. This sort yeah. of flip-flopping yes. that they do, this sort of very, very toxic, like, do you want this? Do you not want this? Do you want responsibility? Do you not want responsibility? Um, yeah. Sort of dynamic that they both really share, which is funny that Ryan is so dead set on, on uh, rejects Michael so often and why Michael is so enamored with Ryan because mm-hmm. they seem to share this trait. Oh, one last thing from that scene, too, is after when he's still crying and his eyes are still red, he just we just get the talking head of Ryan and like, David just made the list through <laughs> tears. Yeah, uh, but great. it's a good reminder that 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 Ryan's fallout in the company 
is and remember he replaced jan who was the buffer between michael and david wallace mm -hmm. so like the fact that david has to deal with michael directly again is a direct result of ryan and like <laughs> the fact that they haven't rehired that position yet so david's the cfo of this company is getting calls from phyllis about stuff that's going on um and what is going on this day is insane because the other thing that's going on is this is still early on for holly right she's just started her tenure I mean, obviously, this episode is kind of a whole summer. Uh, mm. We see it play out. Um, so, right. you know, it's seven, eight weeks or so that happened over the course of this episode. So we're kind of seeing Holly get, you know, get ingrained at Dunder Mifflin. And this episode is just a parade of HR violations from top <laughs> to bottom that Holly is witnessing firsthand. And so it's like this whole company is just in shambles at this point is what it seems like. Uh, and then they're having this weight loss contest for some reason. Who knows why? I, it feels like I don't feel like a company would do it like that. There'd be some other healthy initiative than mm. just losing weight, right? I would. Like, I'm not. I would not be surprised if this is really something that some companies have done before. Yeah, mm -hmm. not. At I all. guess so. Well, it does incentivize maybe not not healthy weight loss, which is exactly right, very much a thing. It's funny that you mentioned the the lack of that buffer because what we see in season five is so much chaos coming out. Of the Scranton branch, there is no figure like Ryan or Jan to kind of right. Uh, Charles eventually over that. Well, that's the thing is, if you think about uh, weight loss, the crime aid auction um, where David transfers Holly at, immediately after, because if if you think about it, there is no buffer between to to check Michael and he's dating the HR person. Mm -hmm. He has even more free reign to 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 cause chaos and. Then you have stress relief, which comes later in the season, where Dwight cuts the face off the doll. They have to keep they keep being brought to New York uh, for being reprimanded, um, and it eventually leads to the Michael Scott Paper Company arc, where Michael feels on one hand Michael feels really burnt by the installation of Charles Minor, but on the other hand, you can understand I think why <laughs> David had to bring in somebody like Charles, whose job it was to be this wall between the CFO and this regional manager. Um, but again, it's just a testament to what we get to see in this episode, which is more uh, insight from David Wallace and uh, <laughs> more color on what that must look like from the outside in. Speaking of uh, Dwight cutting the face off the doll, we also get a little uh, uh, foreshadowing of that in this oh, super yeah. fan cut. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, when he is describing his last meal. Uh, he'd be ordering a souffle uh, on death row. Yeah, uh, and finds a razor blade in it, and uh, well, you yeah, you should. Looks like <laughs> looks like my cousin on the outside came through. <laughs> Some truly amazing Dwight talking heads in this episode. Really, the ones yeah. ones that I think have their uh, their sort of relatives in different parts of the show. We have Dwight's last meal, and we have yeah. Dwight's uh, dream vacation. Dream vacation, and yes. we have Dwight discussing his cousin Abner in the couch. Yes. And these are oh, all yeah, draftable, right. all draftable talking heads, by the way. Yeah, these these three instances just are, are, are iconic with some of the other amazing Dwight talking heads, which is like Dwight's perfect crime. Dwight talking about wrestling Jim, putting him in the triangle chokehold and just pressing, pressing. And <laughs> it's, it's funny to see all three of these talking heads have sort of roots in weight loss because they're the kind of things that maybe if you get if they are cut, they you could revisit later on in the series. And I think that they do that to a lot of a large extent. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
I want to go back to to what uh, Edwin was saying about how you know Ryan flip flops and Michael flip flops. Mm-hmm. Like this is definitely a big episode for Michael flip flopping. I mean, I think you know it starts out that he's just uh, you know kind of excited about the weight loss uh, uh, contest. Then he gets very serious. It's uh, it's kind of his diversion from thinking about Holly uh, or uh, or um, you know. Uh, not blowing it with Holly, trying to keep himself from blowing it with Holly uh, until he almost, until he gets in trouble from David Wallace and then he has to flip flop very hard. Uh, and, and that's where we get to meet Michael Klump. Um, <laughs> I think it's important to mention that Jim is kind of helping Michael along, but he's not ever really that invested. He, he provides help to Michael and advice to Michael, but Michael is the one who has to pull him aside a lot of the time. Right. And talk to him about this. Michael then tries to punish him by taking away his chair or or whatever it is. Or he's Michael is cleaning up in the kitchen and starts talking to Jim about it. Jim doesn't necessarily volunteer his sort of advice or counsel to Michael throughout this whole thing. And as Pam exits to go to New York, Pam is the one who is often checking Michael in a way that can be constructive or advising Michael in a way that's kind of constructive where she says, Okay, Michael, I think I know what I can do to help you. And Jim doesn't provide that at all. So Mm-mm. what we see a lot of is Michael kind of left to his own devices and Michael having to struggle with a lot of a lot of times what happens is when something happens that he doesn't like, he just kind of uh, like he just kind of makes a noise and then <laughs> well, has that, to back yeah. it up or has an emotional response or outburst and has to kind of explain it. Um, yes. And yeah, so that that's why the reason why he goes, I think he, why he struggles so much in this episode. And then he gets into the Michael Klump character and immediately Holly rejects it. What are you doing? And he has to kind of go through with this entire thing, even because he's still in the suit. He still has to play out the conference room meeting. Bang, boom, bang, boom. <laughs> well, it's just, uh, it's really good. That scene where uh, he's uh, cleaning up in the kitchen and he's uh, tells Jim and her butt refuses to quit. Uh, you have then, to agree with me. You have, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, just, he like follows Michael into the bathroom and yeah. then uh, follows Jim into the bathroom. And then when Jim comes out, he just goes, I'll just go later. <laughs> like, That's good. I know uh, friends don't talk about other friends' butts. I Not how one, it goes in our friend group. It's a weird line. Sure, Jim. <laughs> one recurring sort of joke on our podcast has been about Michael and the safety mittens. And about how Michael did not retain or use the safety mittens in any instance where he's used this sumo suit. And yes. in this extended cut, we get a little bit more insight into the sumo suit. So glad that he bought instead of rented. Um, but he has trouble cleaning it. Um, so it is kind of an ordeal to wear. Uh, and that he left it out on the patio and some animals used it for the, used it in the bathroom. Just, just, uh, so a little brutal in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 we, oh, by the way, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, great goatees this episode, both Ryan, Michael, and finally Dwight's little goatee, which yes. he grows this... just a couple weeks too late. Uh, and the shot of the shot, the shot of Dwight touching his own goatee as he, <laughs> as he realizes Michael and Ryan shaved him. Hey, is, hey, we are the goateeless brothers. Shave? So funny. <laughs> God, that's good. Um, um, shout out to Dwight pounding can uh, pounding fruit and vegetables into the vending machine. It's just a great <laughs> shot. It's like Dwight knows that's gonna be terrible and not be go bad in like yeah. minutes. 
He's pretty stupid though sometimes. I I couldn't get over the the it didn't extended scene, but it, just the cut of a single stalk of celery, just yes. totally uncut from the bottom all the way to the leaves yep. in the top row of the vending machine. I know. Like then, someone's gonna put in like seventy five cents and get that. And also nailed into the the mechanism so that even if you were to pay for it, it wouldn't really yeah. drop. Yeah. Mm. Well, let's let's stay on the actual weight loss thing and just yeah. kind of finish off that whole storyline because we get a great scene when Pam has to step off. Everyone does math in their head. Uh, oh, yeah. For that one moment, we get another and, little bit in the extended cut where later on they do the weigh in and no one wants to be first off because they know that you'll kind of get to see what <laughs> someone weighs like Holly gets off and no one else does. And she jumps back on. Yep. Um, which is really good. But yeah. And uh, of course, that's when we, I mean, it's already been happening, but we get this quote. Math is hard. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, and we haven't even talked about this little story. We line, haven't which talked again, about this. Wonderfully, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more fleshed out in the extended cut where we actually see the ramifications of this. We see Holly have to struggle with the mistake she made a little more. And even Kevin reacting to like, oh, my God, like he, he actually goes back to where he's like, was there nothing in my file that suggested I had normal intelligence? Yeah, this, <laughs> That's right. this joke storyline, I think, becomes so much more cringe over time. Yeah. Um, yes. And just the fact that a show would even have a, a joke storyline like this. Yeah. Um, I I'm glad that it doesn't last more than this little run from goodbye toby into weight loss um but we do get a little bit more time with that um that realization from kevin um oscar and angela reacting to kevin um it it, it delights angela to no end <laughs> yeah and, oscar's like you do talk a little slow kevin and then That's kevin right. stands up from his desk and he's wearing shorts for some reason <laughs> right it's it's funny because you almost there's a couple of things like that uh is unexplained in this episode you'd think that oh there must be a deleted scene that explains that but not oh. apparently not there might be we never yeah, know that was he's, he's wearing trey young's draft suit save it for the uh, super super fans episode yeah. <laughs> there's another thing that i think has always been like something that people have wondered about this episode which is why meredith has like some sort of skin problem um, you kind of oh, yeah. catch her in the corner of the frame, the frame a couple of times. And it was like, why does she have this skin problem? And it's explained in this episode, but I don't even remember what they said. It, it's a very uh, small joke to have. She went out on it. She went out on a boat with some guys the weekend yeah. before. And she That's says, right. I don't think I caught anything. Right. She's got crazy skin. <laughs> and it's like, but Kate Flannerty had to wear that makeup. Like, <laughs> for a, like just, a lot of this episode it's just the sight gag and it's funny because it. it makes it, it i know it makes it into the main episode is just meredith's face looking strange in the background of a couple shots um and then she has the one other line where she says if one other kid if one more kid calls me hellboy <laughs> yeah it's yeah. so small like it has no other payoff it's that's it uh, anyways it's Meredith has such has for an episode that is so dense and so stuffed with character interactions and relationship drama. Meredith is used so sparingly just for that. Um, and then later Dwight instructs everyone to disrobe to try to help him with <laughs> right. weight. Mm -hmm. And then after Meredith starts disrobing, he says, re-robe, re-robe. <laughs> By the way, it's against the rules. <laughs> it's funny that characters in this episode, 
let's just, it's a season opener. There's a ton of plot stuff going on, but characters like Creed and Meredith like don't have the same sort of presence, and uh, they don't have the same sort of color to this episode that you might expect. Yeah, especially in yeah. an hour's worth of content. Yeah, I'll say. I mean, I, I just another one uh, kind of storyline popped into my head just now, which is the Phyllis and Angela um, uh, rivalry is going on uh, is in full swing with now Phyllis on top because uh, in a very quick flashback we get uh, we see Phyllis uh, catch Dwight and Angela um, doing it in the office and well, uh, Angela had fallen down and Dwight was picking her up. Hump, humping her up, <laughs> humping her up, uh, helping. One other thing that is baked into this episode is as the as the season opener, it has to establish uh, a lot of storylines that will continue throughout the season. Yeah. This is yeah. this is a huge one, um, which which eventually sort of comes full full circle in the duel and rocking Christmas um, between this dynamic around the party planning committee. Um, but this episode is is just so. It's not just dense, but it, it kicks off so many different storylines. It's really fun to dig into it, especially with all this extra extra footage that we get to see. We I mean, Angela's also. I was. I mean, Angela's also involved in with Andy, like they're planning their whole wedding this entire time. We already. You're kind of mentioned this mentioned this already, Sean, when they're sleeping together. But, I mean, Andy is full on. Your wish is my command. He's trying to do whatever it takes, and even has a fairly heartfelt scene where he's like, "Look, I don't care where or what we do. Like, I just want to get married." And mm -hmm. he's he's made all these deposits on all these different places. He's trying to just get things done. Uh, let's see. Hot air balloons over Napa Valley. World famous Walt Disney Epcot Simmer. Scuba diving wedding in the Bahamas. Wilkes Bar Marriott Ballroom C. Mm -hmm. Dangerous, tacky, sharks, haunted. Uh, <laughs> and Angela's, you know, obviously steering it towards Shroot Farms. Um, but I mean, you know, Andy. And, but of course, Andy's also trying to get washboard abs. The first time Angela sees him naked. So he's incentivized <laughs> as well to do the weight loss. One additional thing that is added here is, an, is another nice heartfelt scene between Andy and Angela in the break room talking about cakes that could be in the shape of a cat. Oh, yeah. Cakes that could be in the shape of a litter box. And then Dwight is in the background <laughs> and sort of disrupts the scene and leaves. But those nice moments between Andy, Andy and Angela are so few and far between. It was yeah. nice to see another one. I agree. It's just nice to win one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of, I mean, again, this is a bit of a departure, but things where we get a little more info, a little more context is Pam and her friends. Right. Where she yep. she has that call to Jim where she says, I made friends, but then she describes them a little bit. And one of them, Alex and uh, some, gosh, it's, I don't have it in front of me, but it, Alex is one, of course. Yeah. Him we know. Alex think, and Amy and the other and guy. And then the other guy, yes. And then uh, <laughs> we're going uptown. I don't know where that is, she says. Yeah. Um, it's just nice to see a little bit more detail. Totally. And that's like that, that whole arc when, when she's at school and meeting a uh, guy from Mad Men. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fun to see like it's like Pam's really having like a college experience pretty much. She's an RA, which causes Jim to be kicked out. He's watching. I like when the camera finds Jim watching a baseball game in the lobby of the dorm. Um, mm -hmm. And it's and, so, and she's she's going out at night and she's in the wrong class. And then her and Alex, we see them doodling. Uh, in that one class with the guy with the huge beard, he draws mm -hmm. that little thing of him like pouring something on his face and growing the giant beard. Uh, and this is like, you know, as close as we see to Pam, like really, I, I don't know, having a whole new group of friends, which we never really see her doing that on the show. Um, it, another I, thing know, about I thought, this, I thought Jim was just a friend. 
right. <laughs> okay, Roy. <laughs> um, now, uh, I mean, another thing about this storyline is that this is like, uh, I feel like this is famously like, uh, we were all in college when this, when we watched this episode, and I feel like it bothered a lot of us that this was like the most unrealistic uh, thing to happen in a college classroom that as Pam is getting up to leave, the professor tells her to sit back down. Please sit down. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking well, about no, this. It's more that Pam just doesn't say, oh, no, sorry, I'm in the wrong class. Right. All you guys say. I yep. was thinking about this, and I know that we did this whole thing about the documentary crew. Yeah. But it dawns on me that because there is that moment where Pam looks at the camera and mouths, I'm in the wrong class, that presumably the camera had to set up in this classroom and the professor had to be informed of it. Yeah, and it would right. be enough that the camera is, is just – is. there's some weird documentary crew focusing on one adult student who is like returned to your class <laughs> and they get up to leave two seconds in. Yeah, maybe that maybe that is a f- factor that please sit down. <laughs> yeah, just like, like they made all this allowance for you to be here. Mm. And, yeah, mm. that's a, just, I like that. Uh, just I like idea. that theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While Pam is in art school, we get Rice and Ronnie. I'm so glad you mentioned Ronnie. There. Yeah, uh, Th- this scene scenes. is extended again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie seems delightful. Ronnie is just the ultimate example of a character who does nothing wrong and does not really exist like can't really exist within this environment she's not enough of a character so anyone so want to dance and normal yeah. she doesn't say any, yeah that's all she does um and flops herself down there yeah a beam of light in this dark dark office not, not really, really so much and in these deleted scenes we see michael be much meaner to ronnie um that she can't find the the colored paper clips that mm-hmm. Michael likes so much. And mm-hmm. then he says that Mensa here doesn't know where the, oh, orange, where the creamsicle so, juice is. <laughs> so <Yeah>. good. <laughs> it's funny that he calls her Mensa. <laughs> yeah. And then Pam has to describe what the creamsicle juice is, which is whole milk, orange juice, and six packs of Splenda. And she's like, that sounds awful. <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> which does. oh, Pam, when are you getting back? <laughs> <laughs> And to think that Ronnie's last, yeah, the the only other things we see from Ronnie is, does anyone want to dance during that very <laughs> sad party? And then when all four of them are uh, are downstairs, uh, like watching the rest of the office eat cake. Right. That's yes. right. She's part of that little group. In Dwight and Angela's sudden. hookup room. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. The smell in That's, there. The, oh, God. No, thanks. Oh, boy. Um, we get a little more, a uh, couple couple more moments from Oscar in the extended cut, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, both nice job, Kevin, when he pours out the M and M's and then fills it with mm-hmm. candy with chocolate Oscar, raisins. Yeah, with chocolate raisins, they're raisins. Uh, Oscar, <laughs> uh, talking head. I'm pretty fit, but in the gay community, there's a lot of pressure to be ripped. I got straight abs. I want gay abs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course, Andy. <laughs> there's a scene when Andy and Oscar fighting over the thermostat and oscar's like andy could you please turn it down like it's very oppressive the heat <laughs> and one of the all-time great uh andy facial like he, like ed holmes <laughs> does a lot with his face but he does one in that deleted scene please go watch it it's so it's like funny. he's like staring but like not at <laughs> yes. oscar's face into it's the like middle so, distance past yeah. him but he's also yeah. sitting down it's so funny it's completely it's... <laughs> but if you want i'll turn it down <laughs> it's like, 
<laughs> uh, oh my gosh. I, I, Why is that in the kitchen? <laughs> uh, another fabulous deleted scene. <laughs> now we're just running through them. Oh, it's is that? Like <laughs> but but uh, the the uh, Dwight and Michael receive a a basket of desserts from That's Utica. Right. And uh, Michael's like, well, let's just save it as a reward for when we finish this thing. And they put all the items in his safe. And it's like not that funny of a scene. So I was kind of like, I wonder what that was all about. (laughs) And then later, we just see Michael like it's like at night, I think. Like it's just like really dark through the window uh, shot of Michael just standing and eating a white chocolate bunny. (laughs) <laughs> in front of the cabinet. He's just stress eating after everything oh. going on, I think, with Holly yes. and Jan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's Jan, dark, God, have we not even talked about Jan? Moment. We we haven't talked about yeah, there are so many things that we haven't talked about. So Jan, of course, is having a baby. And we also get a, we get a bonus scene of uh Jim reading this email that Jan sent out to the uh office <laughs> explaining that Michael is not the father. Or really she says, uh no one any of you know is the father mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter how excited about this pregnancy someone is that does not make them the father <laughs> <laughs> and we see jan sticking around she's there instructing michael to rub her feet mm-hmm. harder or mm-hmm. more pressure on his foot massage, and then she's asking him to run all these errands for her. Mm-hmm. Right, she's really, still she's really still got Michael uh, wrapped around her finger. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, we get Michael. I can't wait to be a father. I'm going to smother that baby. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, oh my gosh, there, there, gosh, there is so much. I'm looking at everything now. We haven't. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't talked about the proposal. Yet. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we want to go there uh, yet. Do we want to yeah. talk a little more? We've done we've done um we've done some Mike we've done Michael and Holly talk before in the show, but um yeah, yeah. Where, where to? I think with Michael and Holly, you just get more and more of their chemistry, more and more signs that they might actually be compatible, that they could actually be together. Holly's dating experience kind of lends makes it seem that her and Michael might even be a better fit because she's you know, struggling to date with this one guy. Um, she has to be set up with the yoga teacher and to see it kind of not work out, especially as, as Michael continues to kind of have this flirtatious energy with her. And Jim describes her as kind of a major dork, which yeah. I think really unlocks the way that we as audience members kind of can perceive mm. her um, as a dork who really gets along with Michael's sense of humor and will play along with him totally. a lot of his stupid bits. Mm-hmm. It helps so, that they follow that up with that hip hop scene right after mm-hmm. uh, Jim says that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then it, it leads to the the Counting Crows ticket thing, where the guy doesn't call. Why do men not call when they say they're going to call? And it leads to what would be a perfect moment of Michael I purchasing call everybody the back right away and taking Holly to the concert, but instead he rips them in half. It's it's it's, it's much more cinematic what he does, which is what <laughs> Michael's all about. I mean, has there ever been a slower fastball right over the middle of the plate for Michael, like just teed up? It's the best chance he's ever had in his life. It's perfect. And he's, he thinks he does it perfectly. Michael he loves he the it. counting crows. He's like, everything about it. <laughs> everything about it. <laughs> and it's even a gentlemanly thing when he's not like, I'll go. He's Instead, he's like, I'll buy the tickets from you. And then right. it's like, and I'm going to take you. 
<laughs> he doesn't even do that. And then that. he'd be like, oh, hey, do you want to go uh, to Commit. Counting Crows tonight? I have an extra ticket. Yeah, like, you know, perfect. like just so smooth. Exactly mm -hmm. how Jim would have done it, right? Yes. And uh, but no, Michael instead just works it Just up forget proper. about him. <laughs> just the way very much, I Very much, uh, I would say, is, is like kind of Michael or Holly's uh, Daniel Cordray, this yoga guy, right? In mm -hmm. terms of like, it's, I think why it's hard for Michael is also like, it's not like, it's not like Holly is not interested. Holly's waiting for this guy to call back and Michael has to watch that. It's very different from Holly being like, yeah, I went on a date, not into that guy. I'm just, I'm just out on dating right now. That would be different. But instead it's Michael's waiting to get the thumbs down that this guy has given up on Holly so that he can swoop in. But it would be, it's, it's obviously torture for Michael to watch this happen. Also, the way that Michael comes back and says, can I pay you tomorrow? My ATM has a $60 limit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Perfect. Follows it up by cheaping out. That that kind of joke seems to me to be very much more uh, – more, excuse me. That kind of joke is much more consistent with like Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, their yep, style yes. of humor. Stephen Merchant specifically in a lot of his shows, one of the punchlines for these like sort of terrible protagonists who you're supposed to kind of laugh at is that they're hopelessly cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and like that doesn't come out a lot in the office, uh, the U.S. version, but it does come out pretty f uh, in a pretty funny way here. <laughs> yeah, there's another moment that feels like a very Ricky Gervais, uh, Stephen Merchant moment is uh, as as they're walking away from the way in at one point, uh, Holly is talking about how um, she really enjoyed the date with the yoga guy. And Michael makes a noise and goes, or something like that and holly like turns around and is like michael is something wrong and everyone is just standing there and all of a sudden is like <laughs> silent and listening and michael just cannot think of what to say <laughs> and, and and it goes on for well, a while something to say until he finally says somebody died <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which then he has to keep running with this, uh, with this uh, story. This person too, so I need to talk to him first. Yeah, it's it's a kid who can't express their feelings, and so they just yeah. kind of make a noise like to express their frustration. Um, and then an adult is called. He's <laughs> called to explain it immediately by someone who's going to pay attention to him. Yeah, yes. she's a and very good listener. She offers to talk and. <laughs> Michael has to back down or, or, or go to gym. Yeah. Yeah. Well, later he's like, he's like, his name was Michael Scarn <laughs> and he worked for the government. I, I can't say it's anything all... else about it, but uh, he's like, very wow. similar to your name. And you... <laughs> that's the first time I yeah. realized that in his face. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's so funny. But that, that like is such a great moment uh, that they leave in here on this cut because we see. The way Holly reacts to that and comes back to him, like circles back of like, hey, I want to circle back on your friend, like talk, you know, if you need anything. Like Holly's light is so bright and she's so heartfelt and so nurturing to Michael. He's so disarmed by her in every mm -hmm. way. Um, and we we see this throughout the episode. I mean, it even happens right at the beginning when um, uh, Dwight is feeding everyone an eclair or something. And he's like, yeah, yeah. keep it in your mouth. Don't spit it out. <laughs> and Jim expectedly looks at Michael and is like, really? Nothing? Because he's standing right next to Holly. Like, right. he's even disarmed then. He's not even thinking 
Hey, that's, that's also the biggest softball of it. That's what she said. Michael's ever had. And he doesn't mm-hmm. say anything. Um, so it's like, yeah, Holly has this, this weird spell on Michael. That's really, really healthy for Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thank God it all works out in the end, but it's pretty touch and go this, uh, this whole episode for Michael. He's just, we've seen Michael's implosions and he's just teetering on the edge this whole time. <laughs> and he, well, I mean, the whole season, really, he's just teetering on the edge with Holly and he somehow makes it work. You, we, you mentioned that she kind of cast this spell on Michael and it is true that while Michael is with Holly, he grows as a, as a person well, during the course of their relationship. Granted, there is a large break, but that's part of what leads to his exit in season seven is his sort of rehabilitation of Michael Scott's character. But in these early instances, when they're meeting and interacting, they haven't started dating yet, you can see that influence maybe having a good effect on Michael. And yep. what's funny is that there is a lot of Michael to correct. So Michael has to fight off a lot of his uh, his... <laughs> Just the way that he is. He's a walking HR violation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she works as, in HR. As that so. happens, yeah. There it is. I would not be surprised if she baked at a professional level. Yeah. And um, she, I mean, I, and he's like, I will squeeze you early on. And the look, like Holly's like, that's yeah. an inappropriate work comment, mm. but I'll just table that for now. It happens again and again. This episode. Yeah. Uh, this does lead to this moment we've kind of been talking about where uh, Michael takes Jim's chair away this was also just like another scene that was like so felt so fresh like it was just really very funny um michael's just so pissed at jim for giving him bad advice he should have moved fast he should have been lovers first and then friends later i think we do see that in the the uh yeah original cut um but then it leads to he's like you're suspended without pay for the rest of the year jim's like yeah. no i'm not yeah he's like no i can't do that all right dwight take jim's chair away uh it's uh it was just very funny well then it gets revisited. i want you to get your ass out of my face <laughs> yeah that's how... <laughs> that's going on the insult board by the way it, oh, God. it gets revisited. So Jim is sitting on a stack of reams of paper, and Dwight yep. tries to karate kick it out from under him. Um, Dwight, Jim is on the phone, and Dwight tries to pull the chair out from underneath him. And then in the best one of all, Dwight tries to sit down on Jim's chair to stop him, oh. and Jim just sits on his lap and then <laughs> proceeds to make a work call while he's sitting on Dwight's lap. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I'll hold. Does the Jim crosses the leg to wait. Yeah. Just one call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yeah, yeah something that is very new and very fresh uh, for this episode i think as far as the sort of huge big plot of elements of this episode the one thing that you alluded to earlier is the proposal i know that i'm yeah. changing gears here but going to jim and pam pam goes to art school they're already kind of having difficulties in scheduling we see more and more of that in this episode um mm-hmm. of them trying to make their weekends work and then of course jim asks Pam over I am to meet at that gas station where that soda exploded on him mm-hmm. in, and it is the most expensive set piece in the entire show. That's right. That's right. Cause they had to build an entire gas station for it. Um, I, I also just want to shout out this moment between Dwight and Jim, which is just a very like, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's one of my favorite, it, like watching it again. It's just such a great moment between Jim and Dwight where, uh, he's like uh he's on the phone with pam and 
Dwight's like, I'm going to write you up for not working. And he's like, I'm going to write you up for not working. He's like, okay. We both won't write each other up for not working. He's <laughs> like, okay. And then they, he's like, switch to IM, and, and Dwight tries to look at the computer. And the way Jim just, like, pulls the monitor <laughs> yep. is, I don't know. It just is. A, it, it just felt like a very, uh, they, they're such a seasoned duo at this point. Uh, it was. It's just a perfect. Uh, I mean, you wonder if this is them. This is their first season coming back. You know, I mean, I assume the first episode they shot that season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it oh, went yeah. in that order. Well, mm-hmm. and we think too, as far as this era of The Office, um, this is post season four, which was the writer strike, and season four they were experimenting with the hour long episodes, the multi part episodes, and mm-hmm. in season five we get some of the best of that without the cloud of the writer strike hanging over it or really interfering or truncating this season. So season five, you get long episodes, you get two part episodes um, that are fueled by the popularity of the show. So it makes sense that there's so much that was shot for these episodes, part one, part two, or for weight loss as one combined thing that there's a whole 20 minutes worth of extra footage. It's a show that it's so popular that it would justify all this extra content, all this extra writing, even if it does end up on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But do we but want at, to talk about the proposal? But as, but yeah, to get back to the proposal, um, check out our proposals on the office episode mm-hmm. for more. Oh yeah, that's right. We did that. We did I propose that you would get me a cup of coffee that would energize me yeah. greatly. <laughs> it's yeah. I, I mean, this is uh, it's perfect, Jim and Pam. I guess you know it's 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 just this kind of, um. You know, it's this meaningful spot to them. There's nothing romantic about it, um, and yet, uh, and yet, as you said, Edwin, they they had to build this gas station because they wanted this perfect shot of like a cr- shooting across the street with them right there in the front of the uh, gas station, um, and uh, I mean, it's it's all kind of like it, it, it's interesting because it's it's meant to be this lo-fi wedding proposal and yet it's very calculated how they how they went about this and it's yeah. uh and it's and therefore it's kind of amazing because it's also pouring rain um which is a great little effect um so uh yeah it's, i don't know it's very emblematic of jim and pam's relationship it's small it's intimate it's personal it doesn't have the same charm when you explain it and as as uh, as they try to explain to Michael later, oh, you right. didn't mention the weather was bad, um, but it's really beautiful and really true to them. So <laughs> you do get that really beautiful sort of emotional moment at after all of this craziness, mm-hmm. after the weight loss and the weigh ins and Michael and Dwight and and Holly and everything that goes on in this episode. It is nice to have this sort of uh, this sort of really beautiful moment to start a season. Because yeah. I think right. that was one of the tensions left over from season four was Jim not proposing to Pam during Goodbye Toby. And That's they, right. I like that they acknowledge it and they take care of it in the first episode. We don't have to wait the entire season five to see. I, I was going to say that they didn't drag us out. It was like first episode. And yeah, great moment. And it, it mirrors their actual wedding, too. I mean, small right. when they actually get married on the boat, mm-hmm. you know, just them mm-hmm. very intimate. And they're soaking wet because of all the mist from the mm-hmm. from <laughs> That's right. That's and, and it was unplanned. I mean, honestly, the like obviously Pam's radar has been up for a while that a proposal's coming. 
that mm -hmm. Jim had to pull something like this to actually be a surprise. Yeah. And, and I mean, it he, just Pam, Jenna Fisher does such a great job. I mean, Pam is truly surprised in the moment. So, I mean, yeah, that's kind of something that's great about it, too, is that you just get the I mean, you get the impression that Jim just like comes up with this out of nowhere almost. Um, and it's just it's just pure like I have I have to do this now. Like mm -hmm. I it's yeah, no more time to waste. Yeah, it's a really good uh, way to cap the episode. Uh, mm -hmm. Then he ends as wet tuna on the, <laughs> wet uh, tuna. On, the on the way in platform. Uh, and then I guess to kind of close out this episode, we have Stanley on his weight loss journey. I say, shout out to Stanley. Losing seven pounds, trying to get back some of his speed, some of his fire. And then <laughs> you know what? Closes... I'm just going to take five days off anyway. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and he stands on the on the weight on the scale and puts his fist up. That's great. Uh, mm -hmm. And then it it, it ends. With Toby in Costa Rica, and yes, this the in the extended cut we get Oscar and Toby talking on the phone. Toby's not on screen, um, and just it kind of foreshadows. Oh, I'm going ziplining with this couple I met. Hey, is that Michael? Does he miss me? Um, <laughs> and then at the end we get Toby lying watching Entourage in Spanish. That other guy staring into the <laughs> camera. Fabuloso. Yeah, dame un abrazo. Yeah. Oh. Nice to have company, though. Visitors. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there you have it. We, we didn't even mention. I'm just kidding. But that was the way we set up so many <laughs> things that we've Everything. talked about. Well, yeah, I know. That's... about this. <laughs> Jeez. I feel pretty darn good about uh, hitting just about everything. Mm -hmm. um, Michael but, saves uh, Kelly's life. We can talk about that. Yeah. Let's get that in the end. <laughs> What do you uh, like about her? Her nails. Yeah, you got to yeah. be more specific. Her fingernails. <laughs> Hell of an ass. <laughs> <It's agreed. laughs> what else do people uh, like? I guess I it's, I mentioned that Meredith and Creed don't have a lot of lines in that episode in this episode, but here they are with a couple mm -hmm. of them. There they are. Yeah. Wonder what people yeah, would we say get, about we me. We get Daryl and Kelly making out in front of Ryan, and it's a good little scene. <laughs> That's right. Kelly seeming the most well-adjusted at one point. Yeah. Oh, right. and the power when play. She of turns like, down Ryan. Yes. It's a small office. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. like, see you around. It, it's so good. Mm -hmm. Yep. Fleeting, but good to see. Well, uh, quick break. Email yeah. trivia. What do you say? Let's do it. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because... You're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. Well, to see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Don't be Andy Bernard out there. Don't hit a thousand balls at the driving range the night before you play, leaving blisters all over your hands, looking like a fool to that Dartmouth guy. Your grandfather would be spinning in his urn if he knew you played like that. And Grandpa's disappointed that you didn't use NetSuite. You see, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system that gives you the full picture of your business. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need all in one place. You can automate your manual processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. 
Over 31,000 businesses already use NetSuite. This summer, NetSuite has a special financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash scott. Head to netsuite.com slash scott for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash scott. All right. Uh, Before we get into some trivia, we just wanted to share a quick email um, with y'all. This came from Kristen guys uh he says good day sirs i finally been i finally finished binging all episodes of your podcast wow. to celebrate i became a tot and started working my way through the mailbag episodes oh what a gosh. wonderful thing to do for the summertime it <laughs> is for this reason i feel somewhat qualified to present the following list which i'm referring to as my mspc top 10 in no particular order also, Kristen gave no context for this top 10 of what? Just kind of of our show. So here we go. Number one. Okay. Actually, let's start with number 10. Let's start from the bottom to the top. Number so, 10. Wait, is this, yeah. a, well, maybe you can, is this a list of episodes or just things that about the show? Just top 10 things about our show. Love it. Okay. As if, as if this was a, a David Letterman, just top 10 list about our show. Perfect. Uh, I'm guessing what Kristen likes the most, maybe, or hates. Who knows? I haven't really read it fully yet. I could have just listened. Number 10. <laughs> Be patient. Uh, having having my opinions about certain characters or episodes challenged by great discussion and analysis and ending up with more of an open mind about things or in the case in the case of Cafe Disco, a more closed mind. <laughs> Number nine, imagining Sean's face when Edwin and Alex break off into a discussion about basketball. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> it's kind of blank. He kind of goes, does my eyes else. roll back. You see um, <laughs> that Dame signed that extension at that press conference. I did. You know, oh, not crazy. If you look at what's going to be happening with the TV contracts <laughs> in a few years, honestly, not that crazy of a contract. But anyway, uh, <laughs> number eight, uh, being able to find enough content to dedicate entire episodes to locations, i.e. the warehouse and the annex. I agree. I I do. We're due for one of those. Those are fun. Yes, yeah, that's we, fine. we got some more coming up. We got a couple more locations to do. Number seven, Sean's opinion on Pam's beach game speech. First of all, how <laughs> dare you? But I love that he doesn't need to be coddled as a viewer. That's right. Good one. Number mm-hmm. six, learning new things such as what it means to be a foil, audience surrogate, retconning, galoot, the Bechdel test. Galoot. <laughs> the Bechdel test and in media res she says I'm a blast at parties now (laughs) Uh, uh, number five uh, pretending I'm in a band with Edwin as I harmonize with the MSPC theme song Uh, you're all in my harmonizing with me by the way you're all in my band it's called Edwin and the Zitz (laughs) it's not settled Number four, the drafts, period. People like those. Mm-hmm. Probably do more of those. Number three, cracking the top three, Sean's laugh. Hey. Whoa. Honorable mention is Sean saying lol instead of LOL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> number two, Alex is the drop king. And honestly, yes. how could you not be a fan of someone who has their cat named Queen? Walter <laughs> that Alex did not name. I didn't name that, that, but uh, <laughs> my wife name actually, no, my wife's old roommate. They all lived together and yes. named the original name, by the way, was Walter Cronkat because they thought it was a, a, a male. <laughs> yes. Walter Cronkat. And then upon taking to the vet for the first time, it's like, this is a woman. 
So they named her Queen Walter. This cat, cat is cat a Walter. woman. This cat is a fully grown woman. <laughs> and she is. If, you, if any of you out there are lucky enough to meet Walter, she is a full-bodied woman. She's a, she's a whole lot of woman. Um, <laughs> at number one, Edwin's depth in analysis. Uh, but using words like ennui, touch points, emotional triage, <laughs> and total wow. shift. <laughs> wow. Those are, that is, yeah, you do have a great vocabulary. Thanks. I love... <laughs> Just a thick backhanded compliment to Edwin there. Mm-hmm. Carbohydrates. Uh, it's, a carbohydrates. Lot, it's a big word. Oh, it's a big word. Very from, uh, good, Edwin. From this good. weight loss extended cut. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll add that to the list. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much, Kristen. That is Another so sweet. Carbohydrates for you. <laughs> <laughs> Carbohydrates, very cool. <laughs> uh, I wonder what else people like about us. Probably our jugs. Probably our jugs, That's right? That's By the right. way, this is that I pulled that drop out. If toast, if uh, Sean's podcast within the podcast <laughs> called Toast Talk ever happens again, yeah. <laughs> Carbohydrates, very cool. <laughs> nice. That's an amazing. Drop. That is a really That's good. So- <laughs> <laughs> but wait, wait. Thank you. Thank you for this email. It was so, yes. so nice. Uh, Kristen, really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank for you. Listening to all the awesome. episodes. Hey, yeah. well, you send in a top 10 list. We'll read it. How about that? Uh, MSPC top 10s. Hit us up. <laughs> 40 point uh, plan let, to get us back on track. Let's finish oh, wait, up. She, she, she fit after her 10 list. Sorry. I should finish her email. Yeah. It's yeah, very mm-hmm. quick. After her 10 list, she says, love the podcast. Appreciate that the three of you take time out of your lives to make ours more enjoyable. And if I didn't have 13 years of sobriety, I'd definitely be lifting up a scotch and Splenda. (laughs) That's from Kristen in Dunder Mifflin, Nashville. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kristen. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. This uh, week, we have trivia coming to us from James and Sunny London. Hey, guys, I'm currently on a five-week holiday in Albania. He, really, oh, cool. he, really, he put vacation in parentheses. I was like, going to say that vacation for the Americans. Yes. Uh, back, backpacking with the family, our last big trip before oh. my daughter starts high school in September. Albania? Boy, watch out for he, yeah. he who shall not be named. <laughs> I downloaded a load of your shows before I left so I could go back and listen. I've been thinking about trivia on the hot, on, uh, on the hot Wi-Fi-less nights. Uh, as I'm a private <laughs> chef... I go into private homes to cook. I don't just keep to myself. (laughs) I thought I would give you a food-themed quiz. Uh, It's appropriate on our weight loss episode. mm -hmm. So here we go. Question number one. In Fundraiser, Season 8, Episode 22, when Daryl gets tacos for himself and Nellie, what is Nellie worried the tacos will have? Eyes. Correct. (laughs) Question number two. (laughs) Season two, episode 13, The Secret. What does Michael order at Hooters? Gourmet hot dog. That's right. Uh, Season six. Gourmet hot dog. He says, he says, shamed. After, yeah, after he orders a chicken breast, hold the chicken. chicken. Don't do that. And a glass of milk. Don't do this. (laughs) Uh, question number three I need this is that a drop it should be a drop yeah it is okay good it is Uh, I'm sure it is I don't even I don't think I have 
Sorry. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Question three, season six, episode 22, the cover up. Which Chinese bistro does Michael say he and Donna visited in the Poconos? P.F. Chang's. Yeah, oh, That's yeah. right. Uh, in season seven, episode 10, China, what does Andy order from Dwight's Coffee Corner and how much does it cost? Un mouffant A- de blueberry. <laughs> and it's $8. That's right. Yes. He even wrote, you have to say it in the accent. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well done. Uh, question number oh, five. Here it is. You will thank me when they spank me. Don't do this. <laughs> I, didn't re- oh, I haven't detached it from the evil spank. Evil thank me when they spank me. You need them both. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Don't do oh this. gosh. <laughs> season six, episode twenty. Oh, sorry. Uh, season seven, episode eight. Oh no, no, no. Wait. Season six, episode twenty-two. The cover-up. What does Michael eat when he's depressed? Mayonnaise, black That's- olives. That's mm-hmm. right. Season seven, episode eight, viewing party. What flavor of pizza does Dwight want when Jim? What uh, mm, crust first? Dwight want Jim pepperoni. to feed him crust first. Pepperoni. Pepperoni. That's right. Pepperoni now, pizza. now the beer. The beer. Beer. Gently. Gentle. Season five, episode twenty-eight, company picnic. What does Michael eat that sends him, that sends him to sleep? Oh, oh the family size chicken pot chicken pie. pie. That's right, yeah, family That's size. Nice. Yes. Uh, season four, episode thirteen, dinner party. What is Dwight biting into when everyone else is oh. eating Jan's Osobuco? It's got big old like. Turkey legs. Good turkey leg. That's right. Yeah. Big old turkey leg. <laughs> he says it. Mm, good turkey leg. <laughs> uh, three questions left. Season six, episode nine, double date. Which bagel has Dwight saved just for Stanley? Pumpernickel. That's right. <laughs> Question 10. Over Give the course of the nickel. show. <laughs> <laughs> what two foods does Jim put Dwight's stapler into? Jello, yes. Oh, he puts it in a meatball. Oh. You've been meatball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Finally, season six, episode five, Mafia. Oh boy, what does Angelo Grotti order for lunch? All right, side salad, of course. Yes. No sauce on the no, side. No, he he gets sauce on the side, and he's ordering, yes. I believe, a linguine. Yes, that's correct. So it's linguine and, and it's clams. It's it's a red sauce on the side. Red red it's sauce not on, the on the side. side correct. I will send it back. Yep, yep. And then that's all I got. It's one. It's one more thing, and it's. Uh, I'll also have garlic bread toasted. Oh, uh, if the bread is bread burnt, is burnt, I will send, send it, it back. back. Yeah. Uh, well, there you have it. Uh, loving the show as always from James. From sunny London, aka the Goat of Dover. <laughs> the Goat of Dover. AKA Will Do. <laughs> Call that a King James. William Do Little. William Do Little. I, I, I should have that teed up for whatever yeah. James writes. De- definitely. <laughs> definitely. Well, thank Reginald you, James. Poofta. 
<laughs> if you have trivia that you would like to send to us, email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a phone number, 503-694-9314. Call us, leave us a message. We love to play them on the show. Uh, we're on all the social medias. we got a website, michaelscottpod.com, and we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash michaelscott. Uh, become a Scott's Tot. It's five bucks a month. You're going to get a bonus mailbag episode every single month. You're going to get main feed ad free episodes uh and uh and uh, other stuff bonus as well. draft episodes biscuits with the boss season two all sorts of goodies vote on episode topics that's right a bunch of stuff uh and just and support the show and uh, and a portion of our, our our uh funds do go to the third good marshall college fund uh, so special thanks to our Scott's Tots. We love you so much. Thank you for supporting the show. Thought about it. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who designs all of our artwork. <laughs> and this show, of course, was... Kind of a medium year for women's soccer now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was recorded over video chat. Thank you for listening. Thank you for us uh, listening to us talk about The Office while Alex Pepperson drops. Uh, while we talk about... Consider yourself. <laughs> oh, oh. We while we, I forgot I had while that we, one. While we describe an entire episode by saying, well, we haven't even mentioned this. Uh, <laughs> for Thank you for emailing, uh, for sending us trivia, for listening, supporting, interacting, and hanging out with us. It means a lot uh, that we get to keep doing the show uh, week after week, and it's all because of you. So... Thank you really and truly um, for letting us uh, keep this going. And uh, take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Pippity poppy, give me this up. I've, yes, I've sir. I forgot me, me snotted creams. <laughs> my snotted cream. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.